And we're back once again on time, like always. <laughs> never miss a week, never miss a beat. Okay. You don't think? We'll go with that. I don't think anybody noticed that we weren't here. Thank you all for staying in touch, for listening to the show. Got a good show for you today. Good show. It's going to be awesome. Seriously, we're excited about it. I'm excited about next week as well. It's 4th of July special. It's going to be awesome. Be released the day after the 4th of July. You're going to not want to miss it. Big, big announcement. Big announcement. We're still independent. That's the big announcement. Are you ready to do this show? You're looking at me like... You're crazy. I guess. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to Explicitly Us. Whether you're young, old, single or married, this podcast is for you. Lighthearted, family friendly and full of laughs. It is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake. But just get ready because here they are. Live at the time of this recording, all the way from Table 19, your pizza's ready studio, here are your hosts, Andy and Trista. You didn't look over me a second ago. You didn't notice. But as soon, like, I was picking up my phone to silence it. And I looked up and you were picking up your phone to silence it. Neither one of us were looking at our phones or at each other. But we were both doing the exact same thing. This is what marriage does. <laughs> I, I was having a conversation with somebody today about marriage. Marriage. And he's another guy. We were out riding our motorcycles. And he was talking about what? What do you, what's the? I made a reference and you just like were in, in the zone of your story. No, I heard the marriage thing. But I thought that's a, a reference that you just say and you you don't have to. Talk about why am I even here? Why am I? I here? don't know. Uh, marriage is what's that from? What movie is that from? Uh, the uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. Right. That's it. All right. Moving on. Moving on. So, anyways, we're just talking about marriage, and it's not it's not often two guys just want to talk about their marriages in a, in a good way. Things that we've learned. In the years we've been married and such. We both made the comment that it's not commonplace for men to talk about their marriages in a productive manner. What do you think? I'm not a man. Do you I talk do you talk about conversation? Do you talk about your marriage with women in common conversation? Like nobody's like searching for help, just common conversation about how it's going? Not on a regular basis, no. Well, I don't do it on a regular basis either. It just so happens. Not so much? No. Okay. Anyways, I don't know why I brought that up. What what was I talking about that? Why were we talking about marriage? You don't remember? (laughs) Seriously, how did I get there? I don't remember. Anyways, do you have a word of the day today? <laughs> I feel like this podcast is going downhill quickly. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I got there, y'all. When I go back to edit it and look at it, I'll, I'll know. But I'm not editing any of, these, any of this silence. That was out. it. Like that was all of your story. I don't know. That you wanted to talk I don't, about? I don't know. I don't well, know. If there's you more had said to it. Um, we were silencing our phone. 
because we this is what marriage does to you and then you're like I was talking to my friend about marriage today. Oh yeah, but you didn't I like I share just, anything that you talked no, about. You were no. just that was it. I think I was just making the comment that it's just not commonplace for people to talk about their marriages. But we were, we were, and it was interesting the things that come out of out of conversation when it's. But you don't want to share this publicly. <laughs> I don't know that it's it's anything groundbreaking. Just the fact that two guys were talking about marriage. Not to one another, just marriage in general. It was just interesting. It was an interesting conversation. Anyways, did did you have a word of the day before we get on to our special I, segment? I do have a word of the day. Bring it on. And you haven't told me. You you have not shared it with me, so I get to do a guest today? Sure. Fantastic. All right. Today's word is a noun. And it is the word Gloaming. Gloaming? Gloaming. It's it's a glowing gnome is what it is. It's a glowing gnome. Mm. So fictitious, no. <laughs> well, not fictitious. It's like you put them in your garden. Oh. It's a glowing gnome. <laughs> that would just be a gloam. <laughs> or he was gloaming. Yeah. Um, no, but you're, you're, I mean, in a roundabout way, you're on the right track. Sweet. <laughs> Gloaming is another name for twilight or dusk. Gloaming. At, at gloaming? At gloaming, yeah. Hmm. And. Like, the, we watched the fireflies at gloaming. Where, what is the um, or origin of this? I don't know. You're supposed to have these answers. I didn't, go that deep it's got to come from somewhere of course it's not important Anyways. it's important <laughs> we're going to figure it out <laughs> you're looking it up gloaming i'm gonna say it's victorian what does that mean victorian just from the era victorian era the is victorian renaissance <laughs> i don't know i'm not good with history <laughs> I'm going to say Victorian okay, and Renaissance go. are contemporary with I'm one another. Read this. So, mm-hmm. did you know if gloaming makes you think of tartans and bagpipes, well, lads and lasses, ah. you've got a good ear and a good eye. I we picked up gloaming from the Scottish dialects of English back in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. The roots of the word trace to the Old English word for twilight. Gloam, which is akin to glowin, an Old English verb meaning to glow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You so can take you our homes, but you can never take our gloaming. <laughs> That's all I go. can think of. All right. Well, gloaming. now we know where it comes from. So it's really like it's a it's it's a word. It's the word they use for twilight. So there's a lot of words in British England where they might have an English word like a can that means something completely different there. So this word is not necessarily something that would be an American English word, but it's an English word that is commonly used in another country. So yeah, English from a different country. Scotland. Speaking of over there in the motherland, 
Have you ever watched the movie The Quiet Man? John Wayne and Maureen O'Hare, I think. Was it Maureen O'Hare and John Wayne? Hilarious. John Wayne, I remember. Hilarious movie. Anyways, if you haven't seen that movie, go get it. It's probably... What does that have to do with anything? It was in Ireland. Oh, so we went from Scotland to Ireland. Well, it might have been in Scotland. I don't know if it's Scotland or Ireland. It's all Greek to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's all English to me. All right. Well, good word. Hope you guys learned something. No gloaming, gloaming. So glow and gnoming, gloaming. I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna know if we use but it. But it's G L O A M I N G. G L O A. Not G L O W. Gloaming. Too much information. My brain just hurt. <laughs> All right. So we want to. Uh, we talked last week about Paul Harvey, and so we got one for you. We got it queued up. Ready to go. We're going to listen to this story together for the very first time. We don't know what it's about. We're going to listen to it. And then just go, ooh, ah, together. Because I've never listened to one of his stories and not been like amazed. Like, wow, what an interesting story. All right, here we go. Stay with us all. The rest of the story. Winter arrived on schedule to stand watch over the dying year, and with it, fear invaded Danville, Kentucky. It started as a rumor among household servants, the nearest thing to telegraph in 1809, mutterings that a murderer was at large, a devil it was said, and in no time the entire town was engulfed in dread. All right, Danville, Kentucky, we have family there. It's almost our hometown. Yeah, and I did not know when i picked this that it was going to be about danville kentucky that was the first we heard it crazy this is crazy seriously we did not pick it for that that's amazing by christmas morning of all mornings it was learned that the villain was holed up in a certain house on a certain street his name was ephraim mcdowell he had poor miss the mcdowell family trista (laughs) it's the mcdowell no i'm just kidding we we don't know them i'm gonna back up 15 seconds here we go let's do it again Uh. Murderer was at large, a devil it was said, and in no time the entire town was engulfed in dread. By Christmas morning of all mornings, it was learned that the villain was holed up in a certain house on a certain street. His name was Ephraim McDowell. He had poor Mrs. Crawford trapped in there and would surely kill her given half a chance. So it happened in cacophonous counterpoint to the pealing of church bells that a mob gathered and marched to the scene. But would they be in time? Across the street from the house now? What to do? Shoot their way in, and Mrs. Crawford might be first to die. Casualty. Stealthy reconnaissance revealed worse news still. McDowell had accomplices, two at least. One was even now restraining Mrs. Crawford, holding her down. And as the report reached the ears of the assembled, a scream was heard, a scream from inside the house. There was but this left to do, declared one of the town's men in a loud, clear voice. Let the assassins know what awaited them, should Mrs. Crawford be further harmed. And with that, the man produced a long, heavy rope, deftly tossed one end of it over the lowest branch of a tree beneath which they stood, and shaking his fist, he shouted to the house across the way, Lay hands on that woman at your peril! And a cry of affirmation rose from the crowd. Meanwhile, inside the house... There was heard promptly following the shouts, a sharp, insistent rapping on the front door. Mrs. Ephraim McDowell, who was also inside the house, hearing the menacing knock, withdrew a pistol from the desk drawer, 
and trembling, she went to answer it, and as the door squeaked ajar, the man on the other side announced himself. I am Dr. William Copper, he smiled. I have only just moved to Danville. I am here to observe, he said. He might have added, I am here to observe medical history. For until then, no surgeon anywhere had dared cut into a patient's abdomen to remove an ovarian tumor. But that day, Christmas Day, 1809, Dr. Ephraim McDowell did the cystic mass weighing more than 20 pounds was as never before successfully excised, and the 47-year-old patient, Mrs. Jane Todd Crawford, whose condition two other doctors had pronounced hopeless, fatal, she fully recovered. So the devil doctor of Danville, as he had been called, was not hanged that anxious morning, and the era of abdominal surgery was born. How nonchalantly accustomed we have become to that which once mobilized a lynch mob to a potentially life-saving procedure which was once decried even from pulpits far and wide. But the enlightened day many dreaded dawned anyway. That is the rest of the story. Oh, my goodness. That is why we listened to Paul Harvey. There was a lot going on there. So I was confused up until the end. Well, that's the point of his stories. That's what he does. The rest of the story. Like, what is going on? So because an ad- abdominal surgery had never been performed, they perceived this man to be a murderer because he's cutting into people. Huh. Right? Yeah. And so that's what he was doing to this woman. Somehow it got, got reported that he was cutting into a woman. And therefore, he was a murderer. The mad doctor of Danville. <laughs> I guarantee you, your mom is going to be looking that up right after this podcast. The he first says that was the first abdominal. The surgery. first abdominal surgery in Danville, Kentucky, eighteen oh nine. I wonder if the house is still standing and wow. where it is. That is researchable right there. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh in the car and somewhere in his three hours Paul Harvey would come on mm. and relay one of these stories and it never never ceased to just amaze that's amazing for context you were born in Lexington Kentucky which is basically 30 minutes from Danville yeah we have family in Danville. We lived in Nicholasville, Kentucky for, we were married in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Nicholasville, Kentucky is smack dab between Lexington and Danville pretty much. Kind of. Kind of got to go off a of jaunt to get to Danville. but It's all right there. It's all right there. So we are from Nicholasville originally. Our, our home, our family, our, our life is from Nicholasville. We don't live there anymore. But that's where we're from. And just right over the hills in Danville, Kentucky, those rednecks <laughs> performed the first abdominal surgery. What do you think of that? So I Googled the first abdominal surgery. 
and up pops Ephraim McDowell. So that's the guy's name in Paul Harvey's story. So yes, that is correct information. So Paul Harvey was telling the truth. Yes. That's good to know. Does it give any more information? Um, it just talks about where he worked. Um, I guess he was a Revolutionary War veteran, an important judge in Kentucky, and then a surgeon. A, a lot of the doctors were, they held other offices. Judges, justice of the peace, doctors, dentists, barbers. So this woman in Danville, they thought she was pregnant because her ovarian tumor was so large. The one that we're talking about with Paul Harvey? They thought it was a pregnancy because her abdomen grew so large. And she was diagnosed with it being an ovarian tumor. And he told her her only chance of survival was the operation. But obviously operations, abdominal operations, were not a thing back then. So she was literally... She was dying. She was, But she was planning on dying that night. I mean, if there's never been somebody cutting your body open on purpose... And then cutting a part of your body off. Okay, so it says... You're planning on dying. It says he removed this 22-pound cyst without anesthesia. Holy smokes. It says... Not even alcohol? It says without anesthesia. She sang hymns throughout the procedure. The operation, which was then thought to be impossible, was a success, and she lived another 32 years. He is credited... With performing the world's first successful abdominal operation. Does it give her name? Yeah. What was it? Um, Crawford. Jane Todd Crawford. Did she have any children before or after that? Does it say? Mm, I can't imagine her say. having children after that. That's too much trauma on your innards. I don't know. Does it say anything else about the good doctor? Uh, it just talks about he married so-and-so... They had nine children. He died in 1830 of an ailment thought to be appendicitis. No way. (laughs) That's crazy. How are you going to perform the first abdominal surgery and then die of appendicitis? Very sad. That what's, what is that called? That is, uh, that is insane, right? I mean, at some point you got to cut your stomach open. Where's that (laughs) story on yourself? Wow, that's amazing. Because you got to think, if that's the first abdominal surgery, then they weren't doing appendix surgeries no. at the, for sure. So this is he. If he had appendicitis, then he was probably trying to self-diagnose. You know all these things, and he had no idea that was that. But we really don't know if it was appendicitis, do we? Unless they could diagnose appendicitis back then, but yet didn't have a treatment for it. Because they probably thought we needed it, so you had to leave it in. That's insane. I had appendicitis. Is appendicitis specifically when your appendix burst, when it gets inflamed? What is appendicitis? Yeah, I think it's just when it's, because they would call it a ruptured. I think they call it. A ruptured appendix? 
I think appendicitis is just when it's acting up. Uh, that makes sense. So I had appendicitis when I was probably 14 years old. And then my stomach was hurting. It was like an aching in my in my right side. And I went and took a shower thinking the warm water would help. And when I got out of the shower and I was drying my legs, I went to stand up and something happened in my stomach. And I immediately like, like there was a string attached to my chest and my knees and they just collapsed and it pulled my chest right straight down. And I was doubled over and could not stand up straight because of the intense, sharp pain in my right side so that's a long story let me tell you the story (laughs) i my my mother was working at the time she and she thought i was just not feeling well but i was in so much pain my older sister who had a license called mom and they decided that I, i should go to the hospital so my oldest sister sherry drove me to the hospital in downtown columbus ohio but to get to the hospital, for some reason, we, we kind of got lost. I'll be honest. So you didn't have to go through the ghetto, but we ended up going through the ghetto. And my sister got lost. And This is before GPS. This is before GPS, <laughs> before cell phones, uh, yeah. really. And so she's going through the downtown area. Not a good area. Teenager. Thankfully, daylight. Um, I'm laying down in the passenger seat, so all they can see is a white girl you know, going through the neighborhood by herself and she starts apologizing to me because I'm in such pain and she's saying she's sorry, she's sorry and she finally rolls her window down and asks for directions <laughs> and they give her directions to the hospital. I get to the hospital, I have a surgery, appendix out. So what it was when I got out of the shower, my appendix ruptured at Ooh. that point and that's what made that pain so severe. And that's the rest of the story. <laughs> and now you have a scar. And now I have a, a scar uh, that you think is so manly. Your manly scar. That's right. <laughs> From your appendix being removed. Appendicitis. But thanks to that doctor, my appendix surgery was successful. Ephraim, what was it? Ephraim what? Hold on. Ephraim McDowell. I feel like I know that name. You're thinking of, no, Mick, Mick something else, the, the congressman. I don't know any Congress people. (laughs) Um, I can't can't think of his name. Anyways, love you. Love you. Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Us podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday. See you next time on Explicitly Us.